Oh. Houston has to do it, like you said. They got to do it this year. I don't know if they can. I think that they can be Golden State, you know. But here's here's the thing for me. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think Cleveland can be Golden State. You know, I don't think anybody in the East can be Golden State. I think Houston could beat Golden State, but I also think that Houston could lose to teams in the East. That was media analyst Michael Tillery, and this is the J Reels Podcast. What's happening, everybody? How you feeling? All's well in your world? Thank you for taking some time out of your busy day to download and listen to the J Reels Podcast. I sincerely appreciate your generosity in blessing me so I can bless you to bring you up to speed with what's going on in the world of sports. So welcome or welcome back to the program. Playoff week continues as the NHL opened their postseason a couple of nights ago. And if you haven't had a chance to check out my Stanley Cup playoff preview with Chris Wassel from the Sporting News and DauberHockey.com, please give it a listen. Lots of interesting stuff regarding the NHL playoffs. Today, my guest is media analyst Michael Mizzotillery. He's the co-founder of the Starting5.net. He has also written for the New York Times, Bleacher Report, The Chronicle News, The Nation, ESPN's The Undefeated, Slam Magazine, and the list goes on and on. He also hosts the Starting Live 5 on Rap Station Radio. He does a tremendous job covering the NBA. This podcast was more about the storylines of the NBA playoffs than an actual breakdown of series. Not to discount the bottom four or five teams from each conference, but the NBA has been top-heavy for years, despite the possibility of the young guns in Philadelphia making their move up the Eastern Conference and potentially making a run to the finals itself. We also talk about the greatness of LeBron James, what he's meant to the league post-Jordan era, where he stands among the greats of the game, why he should be MVP, which I actually mentioned back in my episode 01 podcast, so you could go back and take a listen for yourself. Just a good old-fashioned conversation about the NBA with my dude, Michael Mizzotillery. All right, Mike, uh, once again, I appreciate you taking the time out to... Uh, share your insights on this uh, upcoming NBA uh, postseason, which is going to be fascinating on many levels. And uh, But before we get to that, obviously the Knicks here locally in New York, they uh, let go of Jeff Hornacek to no surprise. Uh, and I understand it's still uh, early to figure out who's going to be the uh, next coach to this uh, Knicks team. But for starters, uh, whether they're going to go the route of Jeff Van Gundy again or Mark Jackson, or do you think that they should go uh, with someone uh, young, such as a Jerry Stackhouse who's doing well in the G League in Toronto. Uh, what's your take on that early on in the process here with the Nick coach? Obviously, they can go Mark Jackson. Obviously, they can go Van Gundy. I think it's time for Jerry Stackhouse, though. Right. Um, obviously, he doesn't do your ties, you know, but um, he's a talented coach. Um, he, he lasted a lot longer in the league. So that that tells you that he had a he was a benefit to the team played on. He has a quiet, great demeanor. Obviously, he has the pedigree of, of North Carolina mm-hmm. and UNC, and he played for the one of the greatest. You know, so uh, I think that uh, I would go Jerry. Stackhouse. Now, also a lot of people are going to say Mark Jackson, Mark Jackson, Mark Jackson. I don't know right. if Mark Jackson's going to get the. Jer- no, absolutely. We don't know why. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. We, all, we know why he's not going to get the job. You know, obviously he would still be coaching in Golden State. Yeah, no, without question. And how I look at it, too, is when it comes to uh, what happened with Golden State and uh, even though, you know, the players had loved him, but he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And the last thing you want to have is a Nick legend come in here to – kind of restart this franchise and, you know, let's say two or three years in, once Porzingis is back in the mix, you know, fully healthy, Nilakina, if he's still part of the mix on this team and if he improves, whomever they get in the draft here in the uh, first round this coming year, you certainly don't want it to be two to three years down the road where he's already pretty much running roughshod, not only through the uh, players or through the staff, but the organization as well. Well, we already saw what happens when you hire a Nick Legend. Yes. Phil Jackson was a terrible decision, in my opinion. Right. In hindsight, you could say, obviously, you know, before they made the decision to hire Phil Jackson, it seemed like it was a great idea because of what he has accomplished in the NBA. You know, I mean, he was on the last Knicks championship team. Mm -hmm. You know, it didn't work out. Mark Jackson could be the same thing. 
Yeah, I would there's always gonna be those there's always gonna be those Knicks polls. Right. And if Nick fans will remember, obviously with Phil Jackson, you certainly don't want to go down that road again because the last thing a Nick fan wants to see anywhere near the Madison Square Garden is Phil Jackson. So imagine if uh, Mark Jackson comes in, or even Jeff Van Gundy for that matter, because you know obviously he was here the last time the Knicks reigned supreme throughout the NBA in the late '90s and the early 2000s. You know, obviously he was the coach of those teams. So I don't know if they want to revisit that. Uh, and we all know Jeff's a great defensive coach, and we all know the Knicks uh, certainly need improvements on that end. But uh, I agree with you. I think they should go along the lines of Jerry Stackhouse, even if they want to go David Blatt, because, of course, he has those ties there with both uh, Scott Perry and Steve Mills going back to the Princeton days. But, uh, right, I, I would think you, we would go that route, unlike when uh, Derek Fisher first came into the you know into the fold, and a lot of people, of course, criticized that, and certainly we don't have to get into uh, later on in his Nick tenure what happened you know, off the court, but um, I totally agree. I understand the sexy pick is bringing Mark Jackson or even Jeff Van Gundy, but I would think someone like Jerry Stackhouse, who has the pedigree, like you mentioned, North Carolina, Dean Smith, etc., to give him the shot and see if they could try to bring the Knicks back to uh, prominence once again. I mean, there has to be something new, unique, nuanced that New York can do to bring this back. Now, I mean, another guy would be Patrick Ewing. Right. No, um, you know, it, 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 I think it's time for them to just roll everything against the wall and see what sticks. At this time, they haven't done anything. Like I was talking to Dr. J when I interviewed him a few years back, mm-hmm. and I said, "Doc, 1983 was a long time ago. <laughs> it's it's working out for the Sixers, but 1973. Yeah, long time." No, I totally agree. It's a long time. And this is a, as we all know, the Knicks, you know, are, you know, one of the teams that built the NBA. I understand they don't have the success of the Lakers or the Celtics, uh, you know, going back that far. But at the same time, you know, this is a franchise that obviously if basketball is going to be on and popping, and it is right now in the NBA, but if you have the Knicks there as well, I mean, please, I mean, how could you not want to have the biggest market? And of course, a team like the Knicks there up at the top of the NBA food chain. Listen, uh, I think it was maybe 2008 uh, where David Stern, you know, he comes, the commissioner comes around to every team doing the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so David Stern was in the press room and, you know, his back was towards me because of so many media members clamoring to speak to him. Right. I like it. So I can get in my question if I hear his back to me. So, I asked him straight up, what will it take to get the traditional franchises back in order? He turned around and looked at me. And this was the year uh, that that Boston just robbed Minnesota. (laughs) For KG. uh, Yeah, because of that Kevin McHale tie to Boston. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, obviously Boston was there. You know, they played the Lakers that year, the Sixers and the Knicks were not prominent. Mm-mm. And he said he was everything in his power to get them there. Now, obviously, New York is a great business. It's one of the most valuable franchises, regardless if they win or not. Every seat in that building will be sold out. So do they really have to win? That is the question. I think that that is the reason why they aren't winning. If they really wanted to win, they would go out and do the things that they would have to do to win. They lucked up with Porzingis. Mm-hmm. We all know that, you know. And he he is a building piece. Now, hopefully, he comes back extra healthy and becomes a star uh, that he was before he was injured. That was a very unfortunate fortunate injury. Right. Um, you know, my son Mike loves the Knicks, mm. and you know he's a straight up diehard. Um, so he's been very, rather quiet this year. So you know, <laughs> just, just for my son's sake. Right, no, of <laughs> course. They, they they get back to being relevant, man. I think that that eventually is going to happen. Obviously, it's not going to be right now. No. Uh, so obviously, we'll monitor that uh, on as uh, the days and weeks to come. And uh, before we get to uh, the playoffs. Uh, what about the Brooklyn Nets? I mean, I know that they're an organization that 
seems to have everything in place. Uh, the Celtic trade, here goes another Celtic trade, fleecing uh, from Danny Ainge, as you will. Uh, that's, of course, behind them. Uh, no more uh, draft picks are going to be going elsewhere. You figure now after you know this year, they're going to have their number one pick. Uh, is that a viable destination, you would think, in uh, the years to come? Or is that just going to be a franchise that's never going to get out of its way? I mean, we all we all know how culturally rich Brooklyn is. Right. I, I think that a lot of players will want to come there as long as they see something truly in order uh, regarding the administration of their team. Now, um, then Whitty, obviously, he's a he's a surprise. Mm-hmm. You know, they got Levert. Um, you know, they they have a few good young players, but they need that superstar every team needs that superstar and the way the league is looking now you need two or three of them correct you know and it, it, Brooklyn is always going to be battling um, the New York Knicks yeah right across the river too hard, right across the river that's mm-hmm. going to be a hard sell you know it, it really is because most of the players, believe it or not, they, they want to play in Madison Square Garden. You know, and it's, it's like you said, it's right across the river. And Brooklyn is culturally rich, as I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm walk, looking right now and I'm seeing a little kid walk by dribbling a basketball with a number 25 from Philly on his chest. Mm-hmm. You know, they need to acquire that transcendent young player. Now, I mean, Zion Williamson is a couple is a year off, right? You know, he'll be the number one pick. You know, Cam Reddish, those type of players. I mean, I think that they that is who they have to truly look at. RJ Barrett, you know, they have to look at those players and do what Philly did. It's just it's just what is going to work in the East until. LeBron James is out of here. <laughs> that's right. And that's why I mentioned, you know, two or three years down the road because you know, once LeBron is gone, I understand Toronto will, pro- will still be solid. Boston, you would think, again, you know, with Hayward, and um, you think they'd re-sign uh, Kyrie Irving as well. Uh, we all know about the Greek freak in Milwaukee, but he definitely needs a few more pieces around him. So you would think that the Nets could make that leap as well as the Knicks too. But uh, once you get LeBron out of here, and as you said, the culture of Brooklyn – uh, I'm sure it would entice that player, and they got to see them, you know, the roster build, uh, and hopefully in two or three years' time, people would want to go there. But you know, it all depends on uh, you know where the chips fall, whether everybody's want to play on the, in the Garden or they're going to go to Barclays Center. Well, I mean, it, it's something that the NBA has to maybe step in, like they have done, done either behind closed doors or in front of everybody's face, because. That new arena, it's not a couple. It's what a couple years old, yeah. not even five years old, right? Seven years old, you know. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful arena, you know, and it, it has a lot of potential. All those people were coming in from Brooklyn, you know, with the heavy accents. You know, it's something that they have to get together. They cannot allow that that franchise to flounder. Know, any longer if, if Brooklyn is good and you know maybe they had a couple years where they were eh, maybe you know, where Brooklyn is good then the NBA is better because if Brooklyn's going to be good you know New York is going to be good that's right and so you know, it's, it's really up to you know the commissioner of the league to start cracking some whips you know we all saw what happened in the last lockout where you know, ownership and the, you know, the GMs were taxed to make better decisions when it came to draft picks and also acquiring free agents. You know, most of these guys, especially the ownership, they don't care about these basketball teams. These basketball teams is, is like a, a leisure event for them. Yeah. You know? you know? But these GMs, if they're hired to do something um, spectacular, which is to get these... Um, these teams in, in order, um, then they got to be whipped cracked. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That just wouldn't need to happen because 
Brooklyn is 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 is, is, is so much potential there. You know, I think Brooklyn truly is a better destination than Philly is. Wow. Well, for you to say that, I mean, obviously you have a you know the pulse down there, and you know what what's going on down there in Philly, especially now with the way the team's been playing. So for you to say that, that's uh, high praise. I mean, I'm an art, I'm an art culture dude, you know. So Brooklyn is, is something spectacular um, because of everything that it has there in terms of art and entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just a, a brilliant place, and that's really no diss to Philly. That's just saying that. To an encapsulated measure, that Brooklyn is a love destination. Oh yeah, those players when they go there or have so much fun, um, and when they leave there, that little bit of dehydrated. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, uh, Mike, now let's uh, turn our attention to the postseason, which begins on Saturday. Uh, first game would be San Antonio and Golden State. But uh, instead of going through all the matchups and uh, you know, of course, the first round uh, again kicking off in a couple days. Uh, what are your three takes, uh, or if you could rank them, uh, as far as storylines heading into this postseason? In my opinion, the number one storyline, despite it being so understated, is Kawhi. Mm. You know, it's not being, because Kawhi just has such a soft-spoken demeanor, you know, that if, if he was a, a more outspoken player, I think that the media would come after him and say, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, that that hasn't really happened. It's kind of shocking to me. You know, it's mentioned, it's talked about, you know, obviously his coach is an all-time legend, mm-hmm. you know, and well, this team still employs uh, two Hall of Famers. You know, but um, Kawhi, if he's there, San Antonio changes the, the face of the West. They jumped, in my opinion, to that number two spot with Kawhi. You know, mm-hmm. and he simply not wanting to play. I haven't talked to Kawhi this year, um, so you know, there's, there's not a lot of information I can give you on him personally. You know, I'm just speaking as a basketball fan and saying that, you know, Kawhi, we miss you, man, you know. You know, we want to see you do your thing out there because he's such a young, talented player. And, you know, he kind of transcends even the San Antonio, San Antonio Spurs because of how he's so immensely talented. You know, Tim, Tim Duncan was really just like a, a major diamond fit, you know, to that franchise. Right. Popovich just rolled that horse. Um, Kawhi is a different type of enigma uh, to where, you know, he's really uh, that guy who he sits in the locker room and, and, and watches film and, you know, keeps to his own for the most part. Now, San Antonio, that locker room is, is one of the most professional I've ever been in um, because of yeah, Tim Duncan and Parker and Ginobili and you know, a lot of those guys. Um, but now it, it seems like it's, it's like a crack in the, you know, the, the, the Liberty Bell, if you will. Mm-hmm. That team is just so talented, and they're missing their major part, their most important part. And, you know, I don't know what's going to happen there. You know, a lot of people here in Philly – you know, or talk about Kawhi as well as LeBron James. And if you see me on Facebook, you know, I've been talking about LeBron James. Oh, yeah. You know, I really haven't been talking about Kawhi too much, but he really might be the biggest piece in this offseason if he decides to leave San Antonio. Um, you know, my, my, my second take would be what's going to happen with OKC? Mm. You know? Um, they have three talented players. Obviously, you know Russell Westbrook has averaged a triple double for the second straight season. Amazing. And I think it's a misnomer. I think it's a misnomer saying it's only the second time it's ever happened. Because, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, the assist rules were so different back then. You know, it, it wasn't Wilt or, or Oscar; somebody else did it. Right. You know, but um, I, I 
really want to see what happens with Oklahoma City. Um, you know, who was it? Uh, Paul George came out this uh, last week and said that you know these things take times to to get together. Um, I think that that was a smokescreen. You know, they want to be underrated. You know, Brody. You know, he's really trying to just tear the rim off every time he steps into the arena. That's right. You know, um, you know Paul George is one of the most talented players two-way in the league. You know, and then you have Carmelo Anthony. You know, so it's going to be wow, man. You should see what I'm seeing <laughs> right <laughs> now. But, um, coming out of this tattoo shop. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, that's definitely something else. But, yeah, you know, Oklahoma City, I think, is a, a team to be reckoned with because of, there's, there's there's the obvious stories out there. Philadelphia has won 16 straight, you know, the last eight without Embiid. Yes, but do, do I think that they're ready to challenge for NBA championship? No. Mm-hmm. I think that they all need to get their experience points. You know, um, Ben Simmons is an amazing player, and – you know, he'll grow by the second as he has done all year. There once was a time where he was afraid to dunk the ball. You know, now he will bang it on your center. You mm-hmm. know, so he is uh, he has really matured this season. You know, obviously there is something going on in Cleveland. We don't know what they're going to be. You know, they have the greatest player in the world, arguably the greatest player ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know why this generation does not want to see LeBron as that. But, I mean, he is – surely a swift swiss knife as people have called him you know i watched him against the philly the other day you know philly won 132 to 130 which was a big win for them yeah because it locked up that third seed but lebron if all he wanted to do was grab the ball and go to the hole and he was successful in doing so with those 44 points 11 rebounds 11 assists so obviously cleveland is going to be there Toronto is also another enigma. They haven't proven anything, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and just Toronto, you know, back in the same situation that they have been almost every year, albeit having the number one seed, you know, what are they going to do? What is Kyle Lowry, my Philly dude, and DeMar DeRozan going to do? They got a box up there too. Yep. You know? So they have a talented team. Will this be the year that they – shock the world and prohibit LeBron James from going to his what seven straight final yeah unfathomable yeah now it's funny yeah, you ma- I mean oh go ahead go ahead oh no I was gonna say no and that's the thing I was gonna you mentioned right because from the top you mentioned San Antonio then uh you went uh Philly uh and rightfully so because of the run that they've been on and you know first time in the postseason and forever uh, but to me, I think the spotlight is strictly on in Houston because if there is a, a, a year for them to win, it's got to be this year. And we know Chris Paul went there because he wanted to win a title. We understand that as great as Chris Paul is, he's had a checkered playoff history and we could go through all the... And I got nothing personal against Chris Paul. I think he's great. He's an all-time great. He's no joke. He's got that pit bull mentality, which is great. But you know, when you look at the back of his basketball card, especially in the postseason, uh, you know, he comes up short. Same for James Harden. The last time we saw him in the postseason against San Antonio, listen, I don't need to go through the numbers and, and what happened in that game. And then you look at the coach, Dan Tony. To me, they're all tied in, and they've had a phenomenal year. And James Harden is a phenomenal player. And crazy enough, we're going to talk about this later on as far as the MVP debate because like you said about LeBron, I'm with you a 1,000%. I understand it's going to go to James Harden, but to me, LeBron is the MVP. That goes without saying. But uh, I think there's a lot of pressure in Houston for them to win this year because of everything that's happened and, of course, with the two players and the coach. See, and, you know, me and you, you and I have been Facebook friends for a long time. Yes. So we the Antonio in three places, right? Yep. Phoenix, New York, and now, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sold on him. I I agree. And, And I'm just not sold on him. Now, Chris Paul, you know, it would go down as he was my first published interview in a, in a major mag, which was Slam. Nice. Um, so I've always 
been a Chris Paul dude, you know. I think he's one of the most underrated players of all time. Um, you know, he was doing Steve Nash things and not getting Steve Nash MVPs. Right. Yeah, I remember that post. When they yeah, when they widened the lane, you know, it also benefited Chris Paul. So he was doing what Steve Nash was doing, but also putting up 28. You know, he was truly balling. Um, I, I pull for him because of his story, um, what he told me in that first interview about, you know, death of his grandfather. Mm. He went off for 60 points and the next game. And, I mean, there was just so much uh, with him. Uh, we, we know him from uh, what he did in college to what he's done in the in the pros. I mean, he is truly a great all-time player. He was a go down as one of the best point guards ever. Um, James Harden obviously has done his thing since he left OKC. I still think that that was an error um, by Presti. Mm-hmm. You know? I agree. Um, to, to let someone like him go, a team could have grown to be truly a LeBron James rival. Um you know, it's a shame what, what what has transpired. You know, I give Kevin Durant a lot of heat for going to Golden State after losing to Golden State. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it's it just it's just a time where um, Houston has to do it, like you said. They got to do it this year. I don't know if they can. I think that they can be Golden State, you know. But here's here's the thing for me. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think Cleveland can be Golden State. You know, I don't think anybody in the East can be Golden State. I think Houston can be Golden State, but I also think that Houston can lose the teams in the East. Wow, and that's interesting. That's interesting for you to say because a lot of people would think. Right, a lot of people would think that if Golden State, chances are, would be Golden State and Houston in the Western Conference Final, a lot of people would probably look at it as the NBA Final, especially if Cleveland doesn't make it to the finals. Yeah, I really think uh, that that West, Western dominance overstated, dare I say overrated. Mm. And I remember talking to George Call, Carl a couple years ago when he was battling cancer, when he was with um, Denver. And, you know, he talked about how the league has changed because of the Western dominance. But he also said that you know, it's a, just a different style of play out there. You know, teams are coming off road swings. You know, if you, if you it's like when, when, when Phoenix was really good, if you're coming off a four-game road swing and you're coming to Phoenix, you're going to lose. Yeah. You're going to lose strictly because of their style of play. They were much more conditioned than everybody else because they were running up and down the floor and, you know, they had a, a, a truly athletic point guard. You know, it's the same thing that that's happened with Houston this year. You know, teams are going in there, and, and Russell, Ru- I mean, uh, James Harden is bombing them. You know, yeah. defensively, he's a hard guard. You know, I don't know if that team is truly battle-tested enough to win a championship. And that's the reason why I say I think they would lose if, uh, you know, they face you know, somebody like LeBron who would be energized by, you know, um, being in the finals again and not facing Golden State. No, I, I could definitely see that. And the other storyline, I think, speaking of Golden State, is Steph Curry's ankle. Uh, we understand KD, he's more than capable of uh, carrying this team to a uh, another NBA championship. But I think uh, in the League of Threes, and especially if you're going to go up against Houston, which they, you know, both know, uh, they bomb away from uh, behind a three-point stripe. I-, I think a healthy Steph Curry or close to a healthy Steph Curry is going to be the key for them to win that series uh, if they do match up in the conference final. Yes. Yes. Um, it, 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 Kevin Durant is an interesting dude because he puts so many points on the board and you can't stop him. And he will go down as a leading scorer in the NBA, barring injury, he will pass LeBron because he's not out there getting rebounds and assists. He's out there to be a killer. 
Yeah. You know, I always when I always talk about Kevin Durant, I, I talk about his eyes. You know, if you talk to him in person, he has these shark eyes. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, these black eyes almost. And it, it's interesting because they become that way when he gets focused, when he's talking to you. So I can't imagine how they look when he's on the floor and he's got the ball in his hand past the half court and you're wondering how to stop him from either dunking on you or, or shooting that three, putting up 40 on you. Mm-hmm. You know, Kevin Durant is just a, a great player. And, you know, I, I made a post earlier saying that I thought Kevin Durant was more important than Steph Curry just because he is essentially a bigger Steph Curry. Right. You know? And, and to be that long and to be able to get on any spot on the floor and also – hit from any spot in the floor. I thought that he was more important. Now, we're going to see if that is true because, like you said, um, Curry's ankle might not be uh, up to snuff. You know? And if he's not healthy, I can't see Golden State winning it. You know, it's, it's almost, I mean, yeah, I'm seeing some crazy stuff in my head talking about this, <laughs> man, because you know, you know, with, with Embiid and Philly, you know, if, if they can somehow get past Toronto or Cleveland in the in the finals, and you you're going to have a team with a true back to the basket center who can also shoot threes. Yeah, you can't go small against Philly. You cannot do it because Simmons and Embiid will murder you, and then you got. You got the shooting of of, of JJ Reddick, you know. Mm-hmm. Everybody else they have on this team, you know, it, it is truly possible, man. In a year championships, it is possible. Now, do I think it's going to happen? No, at all. I really don't think that that's going to happen. But it just just really depends on um, this NBA postseason to see what happens, you know, to see. If Embiid can play um, in in the first round, if he can't play in the first round, I don't know if Philly can do it. Ben Simmons is going to probably average; he's going to have to average like twenty five points and stuff like that. But you know, Golden State getting back to Golden State, yes, Steph Curry is a huge concern. You know, and that team has played so many games. A team, especially with their, their style of play, puts a lot of stress on them physically. You know, and Steph Curry has had traditionally ankle problems. Right. Going back to, to I think going back to even high school, from what I'm saying. Mm. You know, so, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Golden State. You know, who's going to step up? And they got all these young players that they're starting to acquire, Wayne Cooks, and, you know, you know, we don't know what Swaggy P is going to do off the bench, <laughs> you know. But they're, they're really an entertaining team. But I'm saying like this, man. If Golden State is not healthy, I just can't see them doing it. You know? I can't see them doing it, even if they play somebody like Philly. Wow. Because, again, that, that still, Draymond Green is not going to be able to guard Joel Embiid. Right. Yeah, he's not. Back him down and put the ball in the basket. Again, man, I'm not saying it's probable. And I don't want your listeners to, you know, be showing up in my you know, front doorstep <laughs> or not. You know? Right. Because, uh, you know, it's going to be, uh, you know, the race, I think, is between four teams. We know the four teams Toronto, you know, Cleveland, um, North Golden State, and, 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 and Houston. You know, Portland is another team that could make some noise. I watched Dame Little last night, mm-hmm. and I mean, he was just on fire, man. I mean, he was really on fire. I mean, he, he's going to the hole, he's shooting threes, I mean, he's doing whatever he wants to on the basketball court, because they also got the other guard over there with CJ McCollum. call him, yeah. You know? And, and they're a really hard guard because they're so versatile. You know, they're, they're like the Pistons with, you know, um, Phillips and and uh, yeah, Rip Hamilton. Yeah, Rip Rip Hamilton. Yeah, Ben Wallace. Yeah, that was uh, that was the definition of a team there. They, you know, yeah, 
I mean, it, it, you know, and, and guards, when you have two guards like that who are immensely talented, all-star uh, type um, guards, I, I do think that um, Dame, Lillard, Dame Lillard is a Hall of Famer. Um, I don't know about CJ yet, but, um, you know, they just you can't guard that because the NBA isn't set up like that anymore. No, definitely not. It's not set up to, to be such a defensive league to where you can guard uh, the perimeter in, in, in such a way, you know? Now, you know, Utah is one of those teams that has been guarding the perimeter, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Donovan Mitchell is having a, a great season, you know? A lot of people are saying he's rookie years. You know, obviously I dispute that and disagree with that wholeheartedly um, because of Ben Simmons' historical value uh, to the league. You know, with the, the 12 triple-doubles, you know? Yeah, yeah. But um, they have a team that has won a lot. I mean, yo, Rudy Gobert, Rudy Gobert looks like he's eight foot tall on the court. Oh, his length is incredible, you know? yeah. Yeah, he's just a, a talented player. He will not shoot a jumper to save his life, but he will, he will defensively stop you um, from getting into the basket. And you know they would like that, and and they have talented scorers around Mitchell. You know they give him Mitchell the the green light to do whatever he wants to do on the floor. You know so he's gonna put up some AI, you know type shooting nights, five to twenty six stuff like that. But you know he's, he's still gonna score. You know and he, you, you're gonna have to put pressure on your defense uh, to stop him. You know he's like the Milwaukee, like the running quarterback. So your defense has to, to guard him every single play or they're going to get killed. And that, that's what Donovan Mitchell gives you. I mean, he, he's that next, you know, serious scorer coming into the league. You know, him and Ben Simmons are the same age. I think he's a, a couple months older than Ben Simmons. Um, so the league is in great hands, man. It's in truly great hands. No, it is, and and that's the one thing about. Uh, and I just saw a stat earlier where the uh, attendance in NBA it's improved over the last four years, and even with LeBron, who's definitely not on the decline, but of course, you know, getting up there in age and all the miles that he has on those tires, uh, it's definitely in good hands with a lot of these young players that have come in. Of course, you mentioned, you know, and they got a lot of the players out west that we don't really get to see all the time. Whether it's you know Damian Lillard, whether it's Donovan Mitchell, I understand he's a rookie. I mean, even down New Orleans, you know, how often do you see Anthony Davis, unfortunately, with Boogie Cousins being out? But, you know, these are guys that will certainly, you know, continue to carry this league once LeBron starts to fade and once he's gone. Uh, unlike when Jordan, when he left, and I'm not talking about when he came back with the Wizards, you know, after 98, you know, everybody was looking for that guy, despite the fact that even around that time, you still had, you know, AI, you know, Vince Carter. Uh, you had a bunch of other players that were good, but certainly weren't the guy that would just carry the league on his shoulders like a LeBron James. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I'm passing the Wells Fargo Center right now with a Sixers play, mm-hmm. and making financial play and stuff like that. And I'm kind of reminiscing to where, you know, this, this team was, was back in the 80s with Doc and Mike Smith. And, you know, uh, obviously the, the Eagles going to the Super Bowl, um, you know, and it's kind of what the correlation is, what you were speaking about, about the, the NBA being like in, in a great place. Philly is a great place right now. The NBA is a great place. Now, it really started with how, you know, after the lockout, they signed that big media deal. So they said that they had to go across the globe and make sure that no scars remain from the lockout. I remember talking to David Stern about um, Kenya Martin and, 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 and Jr. you know, being over in China. And he had this little evil grin on his face because he knew that the, all of these players playing in these overseas leagues was nothing but marketing. Mm-hmm. It was nothing but marketing. Turkey had a great um, league. Um, the Philippines, um, you know, and South America, you know, and China players there. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, China, which is truly the biggest market on the globe besides India, you know. Yeah. And you know, to see all of these players over there and doing 
and of their things, and because they were so athletically, uh, in, a, in an NBA sense, so dominant, you know, it, it made the world clamor for the NBA. I truly feel that the NBA would take over uh, soccer as uh, the most popular sport um, because of the star power that is here. Once Zion Williamson comes into the league, because I think he's a hybrid of Larry Johnson and Dominique Wilkins, you know, Mm -hmm. um, we will see a a new generation of fans just stay with the NBA. The NBA, it will be stupid to not give the players what they want, you know, and, and the guy who has shouldered most of the game's popularity uh, whether it be, um, you know, negative or positive because of um, the decision is LeBron James. And, you know, to see this guy still doing this thing right now, you know, I'm a historian. I know you want to talk about this later, but, you know, uh, he's having his best season in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you can't even argue it. Uh, and the thing is, I, I have nothing personal against James Harden. I understand they had the best record in the league. I understand they're going to be heavy favorites to win the title. And again, again it's, a, it's a regular season award. But to think that LeBron, for the first time in his career, played 82 games, his numbers, especially over the last two months, were off the charts. And I get it. They were part of games that their teams didn't play any defense. You know, obviously they had Tyron Lue, you know, leave because of, uh, you know, health issues. Uh, I get it that they, you know, didn't play, you know, they got blown out in a lot of these games, uh, you know, midway through the season, which, you know, usually Cleveland, not that they're going to turn on the switch. They're not that type of team like Golden State because it's all predicated on LeBron. But at the same time, uh, just the max effort night in, night out, the consistency, uh, everything that he does. And I'm sorry, you could take James Harden off the Rockets and it's still going to be a pretty decent team because you have Chris Paul. You take LeBron off of Cleveland. I mean, please, that's a 25 win team. 25-win team. I think if you put James Harden on the Cavaliers, they don't go to the playoffs. Mm, look at that. <laughs> so, I mean, it, there is a semblance of defense because of his length. Right. People are missing. They they were seeing how he affects the game because he's 6'8", 260. has nothing to do with basketball talent. He, he is a, a defensive lineman in the middle of the basketball court. Yeah. And he does intimidate some players. Right. The killers in the league aren't intimidated by LeBron. They want to go on LeBron. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, remember how Scottie Pippen used to do. He used to stand in the middle of the floor and stretch out his arms. Yep. No, oh, yeah. No, and Scottie was, hey, listen, we all understand he was an all-time defensive player, but at the same time, you know, the argument that people have, and I understand they try to compare him to Jordan a lot, and we understand Jordan is was as cold blooded as anybody out there, and no doubt he's you know a lot of people will say he's the top you know top player of all time. I mean, I understand maybe some people older than us will say, hey, I saw Wilton his day, I've seen you know Oscar Robertson, etc. But as far as LeBron is concerned, you know the guy could play all five positions; it doesn't matter. He does everything offensively. That he could imagine, and then not only that, but he also does everything defensively. So he could guard your five, he could guard your point guard. I mean, you know, Michael Jordan couldn't do that. I'm sorry, and, and I love MJ. He's all, again, he's an immortal player. But uh, yeah, exactly. You know, you think LeBron, although he can't really, uh, you know, he doesn't have the height as you know Embiid does, but you wouldn't be surprised if he goes up against him uh, if in the conference final, which they would match up in. I wouldn't be surprised if you know LeBron at some point goes. To, I listen, I got Embiid. And does a pretty good job against them. Yeah, because he's savvy. Because he's been here, right? You know, and he has that that experience. People don't like LeBron James because he's beat them. That's what it comes down to. All the years in the finals, he had to beat somebody. Yeah. There are also people who don't like LeBron because he wasn't Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. You have a co- you have a, a league full of Kobe Bryant fans. Yep. You know you also have the number twenty three guys from Chicago mm-hmm. and girls. You know who think that LeBron can never be Michael Jordan. Right. And on the same way they said that Tom Brady couldn't be Joe Montana. Right. You know now it seems different. LeBron James goes to the finals for the next two three years or whatever. 
and you have to enter him into that best of all time discussion. You know, I think he's the really truly the second coming of Will Chamberlain because Will kind of caught some of the same type of flack as him because he was so much of a a recluse. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody says that Will Chamberlain was you know this heavy entertainer, and he was, but that was outside of basketball. Right. You know, inside of basketball, he was a truly a recluse. Now, everybody likes to say that he was, you know, so teammates didn't like him that you have never heard one teammate ever that Will Chamberlain wasn't a great teammate you know you've never heard anyone say that outside of what Kyrie Irving (laughs) (laughs) Kyrie Irving yeah Yeah. you know um LeBron I I like to look at LeBron at at, at, against the all-time greats and not just the current league I do the same thing oh you have uh, to with the yeah with Durant and I'm starting to do it uh, with Russell Westbrook because just of what he's accomplishing. Oh, no, and that goes without saying, too, because just like you said about LeBron with uh, Will Chamberlain, I mean, those are probably two of the most physically gifted players to, that will ever play the game. And I don't know if we'll ever see anybody even come close to LeBron as far as size, speed, strength, uh, and not only that, awareness, passing, and that's the thing. And just like you said, Mike, I know there's a lot of people that think, you know, basketball didn't start until, uh, you know, 2003, you know, when a lot of people look and, you know, try to make these comparisons. Now, again, you know, it's not a center's league anymore. When people look at, uh, you know, the Will Chamberlains, even the Oscar Robertsons, and I understand that's going to be the comparison, especially with uh, Russell Westbrook because of the triple doubles. But, you know, a lot of people don't understand that Will Chamberlain in one game had 55 rebounds against R- Bill Russell. 55. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, people look at that and it's like, so what's the big deal? What's the big deal? Can you understand the magnitude of these two giants of the sport, probably two of the top five all time, arguably, and to think that he had 55 rebounds and, you know, what's his name? Just had 30 rebounds a couple of weeks ago. I can't think off the top of my head who it was. But, uh, yes, yeah, exactly. Dwight Howard. And there's a guy, well, listen, we'll go off on another tangent here talking about something else, but, as far as, you know, just pure dominance, when going back to LeBron James, you know, a lot of people want to look at the finals losses. A lot of people want to look at, uh, you know, oh, you know, he's not as aggressive. He doesn't have the killer mentality as MJ. Uh, you know, all these different things. But for just sheer talent and what he's done, I mean, of course, the guy has 30,000 points, 8,000 rebounds, and 8,000 assists that nobody's ever done in the NBA in its history. And I don't think anybody ever will do in the history of this league. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you see, you see a similar type of player in, in Ben Simmons, but Ben Simmons just doesn't have that um, that killer in him. I mean, he's acquiring it. Oh yeah, you know, maybe in time. Be, yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe in time he will be a twenty-five point game a scorer. But he, he just like LeBron, you know, he'd rather uh, pass the rock, you know. And you know, the, the Ben Simmons is just going to be incredibly, incredibly talented in this league, but. I think you will see, you know, players come in. You know, Bagley is a, a really impressive player. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we have uh, um, Anthony Davis now. You know, oh, Anthony yeah. Davis is, is that guy that, you know, we haven't talked about him, but he, he will be that guy that, that will have a couple 40-point games, 40-point, 20-point games, 20-rebound games in yeah. the playoffs. Because mm-hmm. um, you don't have anybody on your team that can guard him outside of Cat. Right. You know, and 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 be mm-hmm. that's that's it. You know, and it's the same that Boogie Cousins um, is 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 unfortunately injured um, right. because that team would have been something to watch right now. No, no, absolutely. But, um, Anthony Davis is a monster. He's he's a monster too. You know, we all talked about. We all know about his handle. Right. You know how he grew since his inches in one year and. Everything else, but you know, he he has truly become um, even underrated now because of um, the star power that's now um, dominating the league. Yeah, and then now with the finals here, uh, I just definitely want to get your thoughts on like I know. Hey, listen, we've had glowing things to say about Philly, and rightfully so. Uh, hopefully, they haven't peaked too soon. You figure, you know, you're going to the playoffs with these hot streaks, and it's a good thing. But then next thing you know. Uh, you know, it could go the other way. Uh, Philadelphia has a pretty good, you know, they would play Boston in the next round if they beat Miami, and we know Boston's depleted, and you would think Cleveland is already in Toronto's head. I mean, that would be some conference final. You know, you figure the young guard versus the uh, the old guard, or the current guard, I should say, in LeBron. 
Uh, and then you would think Golden State and uh, Houston would match up against the, uh, each other in a uh, conference final. So if uh, Adam Silver could sign off for that, I'm sure he would do that. Uh, with, you know, please backflips and somersaults uh, for that uh, conference final for both uh, the East and the West. Yeah. So yeah, no doubt about it, man. And I see, um, depending on Golden State's health, um, if it's healthy, they win that 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 finals. I mean, that conference finals, and, mm-hmm. and they go on to win the finals. I think because um, Embiid, until he comes here, won't have that center to prohibit uh, Golden State from going small. Right. Interesting. And then, uh, Mike, one last thing, yeah, before I let you go. So. Um, now, of course, we were talking about all the MVPs and th- things of that nature going back and forth with LeBron, James Harden. Uh, but how I look at this, you know, moving forward, and you mentioned Kawhi earlier. Now, San Antonio, you know, of course, they've flown on the radar the whole year. Now, grant- granted that he's been hurt the whole time. Uh, do you kind of see that San Antonio now, if they don't make a run, and you would think that without a, you know, Kawhi being in the series, that they probably would lose uh, a short series against Golden State. Do you kind of see this the beginning of the end for San Antonio, considering the 20-year run that Pop has had there? Pop has had a great run, and Pop is truly one of the greatest personalities to ever live in sports. Um, you know, my props go out to him because he's socially conscious, socially aware, mm-hmm. and he also is a great teacher. You know, he teaches outside of the game. You know, in my opinion, he's a better coach than Phil Jackson mm. because he's done it with a multitude of rosters. No, that's an excellent Phil point. Had, you know, yeah, Phil had either Mike and, and Kobe and Shaq. Yep. You know, and, and he, he won with great players. That's not diminishing what Phil Jackson has done. Oh, of course. Because he's also had to manage personalities as well. You know how that is in professional sports with managing super egos, like especially Shaq. I mean, Shaq probably has the biggest ego ever, <laughs> you know, because right. he's compared truly to one player ever, and that's Wilt. Yeah. You know, but um, um, you know, I, I just see, uh, I see Golden State, you know, winning it again, you know, and um, but with with Popovich, you know, he he has had a long run, you know, he like again he rode that horse with Tim Duncan, and he rode those foreign players, bringing off Patty Mills bench, and you know. Mm-hmm. Green, he was shooting the lights out. Danny Green, you know, yeah, Boris Diaw. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Boris Diaw. You know, he had so many. Um, the guy from Drexel, who's now, uh, well, he was the Sixers uh, announcer. Oh, what was his name? Uh, he's going to kill me. But, um, <laughs> um, he's, he's had some, some great players, but they were Popovich-type players. Right. You know, um, Popovich, to me, only his only – uh, comparison is Bill Belichick. Oh yeah, um, no, they're the Patriots of basketball. They, they, absolutely. Yes, they do it so differently. Um, they do it as a team uh, unit, and you know nobody is bigger um, than the sport there. Um, so you know Popovich will go down as, as a great, great, great coach, um, but I, I do think that they're runners over because it does not appear that Kawhi wants to play there or he would have already played. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's the class of the, the classiness of, of San Antonio to not really criticize him, even though he, he is the reason why they win. Yeah. You know, they're, they're allowing him to, to be who he is. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in this offseason. Oh, yeah. No, it's certainly uh, going to be interesting, but, but of course, before that, we're going to have an NBA postseason, which starts here on Saturday. Mike, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your uh, insight, uh, wisdom, et cetera, and uh, hopefully we'll talk down the road. Who knows? Maybe I'll have you on uh, for the NBA Finals to kind of recap uh, the postseason. You got it, brother. All right. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. All right. Big shout out to Mike for joining us on the podcast today. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. Lots of information, lots of history, so on and so forth. A lot much deeper than I thought we would get. I thought we'd strictly talk postseason, but you know, we talk about Wilt and we talk about LeBron and his greatness and where he ranks. I know that's an argument that uh, so many people love to bring up when it comes to LeBron, but I hope you found that entertaining as well.
All right, I owe you guys an apology. I didn't make an NHL Finals prediction on my last podcast, so I'm going to go with Tampa and Nashville. Why? Tampa, with the trades that they made, Ryan McDonough, JT Miller, of course, the Rangers South, I feel as if they're going to try to complete the deal that they didn't seal going back to 2015. And in the West, I'm picking Nashville only because they've been loaded all year. They went to the Cup last year. Uh, If they go again and lose, I know that'd be a bitter pill for two years in a row to go there and lose. But uh, I feel Tampa, they're going to win in six. Listen, I don't have any expertise as far as, you know, what the keys are. We all know that the playoffs just started a couple nights ago, so we can't go and uh, get crazy and jump ahead to think that uh, we could uh, preview the series. But if it does come to that, I'll get a better idea. I'll give you a better preview in a future podcast if it does come to the Lightning and the Predators in a Stanley Cup final. You know, just what Gary Bettman and company at the NHL offices want to see. I'm sure they will uh, not like that one bit, despite the fact that they'll tell you that it'll be great for hockey having a Stanley Cup final in Tampa and in Nashville. As for the NBA finals, I hate to sound boring people. I know it's a snooze of a pick. Uh, I'm going to go part four, Cleveland and Golden State, and I could give you a better reason why as opposed to my NHL Finals prediction. Cleveland, I think, despite all of their dysfunction, despite all the drama that is encapsulated in this 2017 and 18 season, not that they're going to have a clear-cut path, but they're going to have an easy first round. Their second round could be fascinating in a sense where they're going to play Toronto, which is a nemesis for the Raptors, and I don't think they have what it takes to beat LeBron and company, I think this could be the year that they could do it, but I have to see it. And I haven't seen it in a couple of previous occasions when Toronto had played Cleveland in the postseason. Uh, and then if they go up against Philadelphia, which could possibly happen considering that Philly's playing Miami in this first round, they would play Boston in the second round, which certainly won't uh, evoke memories of the early 80s when the Sixers and Celtics, I'm sure you'll see a lot of highlights about it, but uh, it will definitely not be of the same feistiness, the same hatred that you saw in those uh, conference finals back from uh, 81 to 83. With the Cavs, I just feel as if they have the experience and they have the best player that's going to take them back to the NBA Finals. As far as the Western Conference goes, the reason why I'm picking Golden State, I understand everything falls on the ankle of Stephen Curry. Obviously, they need him. Kevin Durant can carry this team, but... You're going to need offensive firepower times two going up against the Rockets. And I'm not sold on the Rockets. Again, going back to that podcast, episode 01, don't believe the hype. I still feel that way. And just like we talked about with Mike, the coach you can't trust. Chris Paul, for me, I can't trust. And James Harden, I certainly cannot trust. All you got to do is go back to game six, which is last playoff game against the San Antonio Spurs last year in the conference semifinals. I hate to... Painted with a broad brush, but if that's the lasting image that we have of a playoff game with James Harden in a big spot, down 3-2 at home, for him to just be invisible, to just vanish from the face of the earth, uh, can you trust him this upcoming postseason? Uh Uh-uh. I have to see it uh, until I believe it. So that's why I'm picking Golden State to go back to a NBA final. And again, for the fourth time in the last four years, I feel you're going to have Cavs Warriors to duke it out for the Lawrence O'Brien Trophy. As always, people, just trying to get the message out. So if you like what you hear, want to leave a review, post a rating, and even subscribe to this podcast, please do so at wherever you listen to your podcasts, on iTunes, Google Play, Spreaker, Stitcher. Because the more people that subscribe, leave a review, rate the program, etc., it'll increase visibility, which will generate a wider audience, and uh, also will attract more guests. Remember, just go to your phone, press the app, type in the name of the program, the J-Rules Podcast, and it'll literally take seconds. It's just as simple as that. Uh, It's not going to take too much of your day, so please feel free to do so. For the latest info regarding guests, announcements on the program, and the like, please go to www.jreels.com as your source for anything and everything regarding the podcast. If you'd like to send an email with thoughts, comments, or questions, you could do that at thejreelspodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to check my social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Of course, that's uh, jreels uh, on Instagram, jreels1, just a number, 
on Twitter and uh, Facebook, of course. I have my page, the J Reels Podcast. As always, I thank you for carving out a few precious moments of your day to download and listen to this podcast. I'm forever grateful for your support. Please share with those who may be interested or who follow sports, as word of mouth is just as important as me posting this up on the internet and social media. From the South Bronx, the South Beach, the South Central, the South Pacific, and all points beyond, peace, love, and God bless everybody, and until next time, on the flip.